Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The Bible tells us that on earth, there is always a battle raging between God and those who oppose him and fight against him and his purpose. But God does not fight directly against such ones. His way of fighting is always in the principle of incarnation involving his people, specifically those who are absolutely one with him. Such was the case in the Old Testament with the prophet Jeremiah. In the degrading and shameful condition his people Israel were in, God called and sanctified the prophet while he was still in his mother's womb. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth from the womb, I sanctified you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations." Bob Danker has joined us for our fellowship today. We will see much about this principle of incarnation really being uh, central in the spiritual warfare and in the dealing with fallen and low condition of God's people. It was really the case then. It's still the case, isn't it, Bob? That's right. God delights to do everything in man and through man. This is the principle of incarnation, and we can certainly see it here in the beginning of the book of Jeremiah where Jehovah sanctified Jeremiah, separated him from his mother's womb, and appointed him to be a prophet, to speak God's word to God's people and even to the Gentile nations. Bob, as you and I were uh, talking and praying a little bit before we started recording, you pointed out a similarity between this passage and at least one New Testament passage. Why don't we take this opportunity and bring that up? I think it becomes a good backdrop for what we're going to get into today. Well, yes, Chris. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul said a very similar thing concerning himself. He said that it pleased God who separated him, Paul, from his mother's womb and called Paul by his grace to reveal his son in Paul, that Paul might announce Christ as the gospel to the Gentiles. (laughs) This is another case where one of God's chosen people was separated by God, even in the womb of his mother. And at the proper time, God put his word in that one's mouth, and he became a prophet of God. Now, the question is, is it only Jeremiah and Paul who should speak for God? Right. You see, no, it's not, as we'll find out in this program. Well, as Jeremiah was realizing later on after he 
came forth from his mother's womb that he had been called in this way and had this uh, what he considered to be a heavy burden, heavy responsibility laid upon him to be the prophet, the mouthpiece, in a sense, for God dealing with Israel. He had a reaction probably not unlike our reaction. He had came up with a lot of reasons why this was probably not going to work. So as we read a couple more verses here in chapter 1, I think we can relate to this. Then I said, this is Jeremiah now speaking, Alas, Lord Jehovah, indeed, I do not know how to speak, for I am a youth. But Jehovah said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for everywhere I send you, you shall go, and everything I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, declares Jehovah. A lot of excuses. <laughs> Jeremiah's instant response to the idea that he would be the one that would stand and speak for God. We all have this feeling, don't we, Bob? We do, Chris, but it seems that God doesn't listen to these things, and he cares more for his own appointment. He appointed Jeremiah and to be a prophet, and a prophet Jeremiah would be. <laughs> well, let's join Witness Lee with his first fellowship today. Jeremiah tells us how he was called by God and then how he was commissioned by God, a great commission. To be called means to be appointed, appointed by God as a prophet, not just to the nation of Israel, but to the nations, every nation upon this earth. He was called by being known by God before being formed in the mother's own, God knew everything. God realized the poor situation among Israel toward him. So God purposely put Jeremiah into his mother's own and formed him to be a prophet and sanctified him before coming forward from the womb. How good it is. Before he was born, he was sanctified already. Yet, Jeremiah responding with excuses. He did have some good excuses to uh, reject God's calling. He responded this way, I do not know how to speak. I do not know how to speak. How could I be a prophet? I do believe many has this excuse. Why don't you function? I do not know how to speak. Good excuse. Number two, I'm a youth. Why don't you function? I'm a new one. I just got baptized yesterday. Are these legitimate excuses? God says, no, you can't speak. Don't say that you are a new one. You just got baptized yesterday. Hallelujah. God baptized. As long as you got baptized, you are born. As long as you are born, you're not too young. You still have the nose, eyes, lips. Everywhere I sent you, you go. Just do it. Everything I commanded you, you shall speak. I sent, you go. I command, you speak. The good enough. Do not be afraid of their faces. Human faces mean nothing. Don't care of that. For I am with you to deliver you. No one is stronger than I. No one is bigger than I. Just go. I'm with you. 
This is God's calling of Jeremiah. Boy, there's a lot here, Bob, that we can make an application of to our own situation. It seems to me that our propensity to latch onto these excuses has, in a very real sense, been the main factor that has allowed a kind of a system to grow up in the church among God's people, where very few, if any, step forth to speak for God. And really, this is not what is uh, on God's heart and in his plan and desire for his people, is it? That's right, Chris. If we read the scriptures, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, we can see very definitely and clearly that God's desire for all his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people is that every one of them, from the time they are begotten, (laughs) born, Uh and baptized, would begin to speak for God, who speaks God's word and who speaks God himself into others. This is God's heart desire. So the system that we see today, where very few are speaking, most are just listening, is against God's desire and God's intention. God actually formed Jeremiah in his mother's womb and sanctified him and appointed him to be a prophet. We shouldn't just take this word as a word related to Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. This word refers to all of us. Don't we believe that before we came forth from our mother's womb, God had formed us and separated us? (laughs) Uh, He foreknew us in eternity past. He knew us. He chose us. And then he formed us and sanctified us. And in a very real sense, he appointed us to be his prophets, to be his spokesmen. So from the day we are regenerated, we have the capacity to speak for him. The more we grow spiritually, of course, our capacity increases. But we should never offer the excuse that I don't have the ability to speak for God. Every regenerated believer has the capacity to prophesy, to Mm. speak for the Lord. But we have to realize this and believe it and then exercise and practice according to our faith to speak for God. And then we shouldn't fear others' reactions. Jeremiah was afraid of what men would do to him if he actually spoke God's word faithfully. (laughs) He realized that God's word would not be pleasant to the ears of everyone who heard it. So he knew that there would be some reaction, maybe some opposition to him if he was faithful. But we shouldn't be afraid because God is greater than all those who oppose him. So we should simply be full of faith and speak what the Lord gives us to speak on his behalf. This is a word that applies to every child of God. Isn't that a great uh, line I uh, took note here at the end? He said, everything I commanded, you shall speak. I send, you go. I command, you speak. That's good enough. (laughs) That's a kind of simple faith that we all need to uh, put this word into everyday living practice in the body of Christ, isn't it? That's right. Actually, this living God lives in all of his people, and we just need to be open to him and allow him to put his words in our mouth. Then, faithfully and in faith, we would speak what he gives us to speak. That uh, phrase, uh, put his words in our mouth, comes right from the next verse I was going to read, Bob, verses 9 and 10. Then Jehovah stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and Jehovah said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to tear down, to build up and 
to plant. We saw early on in this life study, the, the name Jeremiah, the word itself actually has these two meanings. One is to tear down, the other is to exalt, to build up. And so we will see how that works out in Jeremiah's faithful serving in the time of uh, Israel's degradation. Here's Witness Lee once more. Now, Jeremiah's commission. He was commissioned by the way that God touched his mouth. The mouth got touched by God's hand. Then, after touching, Jehovah putting his word into his mouth. Wonderful. That God put his words into Jeremiah's mouth. Now, Jehovah appointed him over the nations and over the kingdoms to do what? To pluck up, just like a piece of tree. Living there, standing there, Jeremiah comes, pluck it out. To pluck up is a kind of turning down. And to break down. And to destroy. And to tear down. Plucking up, breaking down, destroying, and tearing down. This is on the negative. His name means two things. To tear down and to exalt. Then to build up. To build up as a building. And then to plant as a tree, and this is to exalt. He surely has torn down everything of Adam, everything of Satan, everything of the world, everything of sin, everything that's negative. He has torn down Jeremiah, and he has built up and planted everything of Christ. His every word is a building up of Christ and a planting of Christ. This is all to exalt Christ. Jeremiah, on the one hand, turns down, but on the other hand, he exalts. What he turns down must be something of us. We should be turned down. What he exalts, that must be Christ. This book just tears us down and exalts Christ. His name means Cheers down and exalts. Bob, these two functions that are implied in Jeremiah's name, tearing down and building up, I think if one were to go through the book and sort of categorize the verses into one category or the other, it would seem the overwhelming number on the tearing down side. Uh, most of what he spoke to Israel was, and even to the nations, was very, very harsh. Definitely had this uh, plucking up and tearing down element to it. But there are these gems, which we've already talked about several of them, the fountain of living waters and the new covenant and the shoot of righteousness. And really, uh, Christ is here in abundance in this book, isn't he, as well? He certainly is, Chris. This portion here really gives us an interesting view of the function of God's word, which is spoken by God's prophets. It has really two kinds of functions. One is to tear down whatever is of Satan, whatever is of the world, whatever is of the old man, of the flesh, of the self. You know, if we take God's word, surely that word will enter into us and will start to tear down some things (laughs) within us that are not of God. That's right. In the book of Matthew, the Lord was speaking a word, and the disciples came to him, and they said, the Pharisees were offended by what you said. And the Lord said to them, well, everything that my father did not plant 
will be uprooted. Wow, plucked out. That means yeah, yeah. the Lord's word has a function to uproot those things that God did not plant, those things that are not in God's economy. But it also has a tremendously positive function, and that is to exalt Christ by planting Christ as a seed into those who receive it in the way of faith, and also by ministering the riches of Christ into us so that we can know Christ, enjoy Christ, gain Christ, grow in Christ, and be built up in Christ. So God's economy is to exalt Christ through the speaking of his word and also to tear down everything that is of his enemy. And when we speak God's word faithfully, as God has anointed us and appointed us to do, our words will have these two functions, the function of tearing down and the function of exalting Christ. This matter now moves into the next stage and really touches a bit the element of warfare, the fighting aspect, uh, God raising up a standard to maintain his testimony, really to speak and to fight for him, with him. This was Jeremiah's function. And as you pointed out, in the New Testament economy, all of us have been called, in a sense, to be prophets. The Apostle Paul tells us all can prophesy. It's a prophet that prophesies. And in this principle, God is really one with Jeremiah. And this is a very good picture for us of what is coming in the New Testament economy that uh, Jeremiah is always pointing us to. Let's look at a couple more verses here, a little farther along in the chapter, verse 17. You, therefore, gird up your loins and rise up and speak to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed before them, lest I dismay you in their presence. And I am now making you today into a fortified city and into an iron pillar and into bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land. And they will fight against you. But they will not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares Jehovah, to deliver you. Once again, let's go back to Witness Lee. God charged him, saying, to gird up his loins and rise up to speak his words to Israel, not being dismayed before the nations, before the people of Israel, lest Jehovah dismay you in their presence. Why you should be dismayed? You got charged. Don't be afraid of anything. And to gird up his loins, this means to fight. A battle would be going on. So Jehovah made Jeremiah a fortified city. A little boy, young boy, became a fortified city. Why? Because the battle is on. The kings are enemies to God. The princes are enemies to God. The priests are enemies to God. The prophets are enemies to God. The people are enemies to God. All the different persons, different peoples on this earth, they all become God's enemy, fighting against God. And you are the only one who has been sent by God to represent God and to fight for God. Jeremiah, I'm with you. I will make you a fortified city. And I will make you an iron pillar, a brass wall, to fight against all those. 
the whole land again the kings of Judah again the princes again the prophet priests and against the people of the land they would fight against Jeremiah right actually here Jeremiah was Jehovah they two are one have you realized that in the Bible we are told men on this earth are fighting against God here it is the kings the princes and the priests and the people all are fighting against God and God sent his army and his army was only one person <laughs> one young boy but this one young boy equipped by God equipped by God to such an extent that this boy becomes a fortified city the fighting started even before Christ came to church in Jeremiah's time there was a fight man fight against God and God doesn't fight directly by himself but he fights through us through his servant sent by him today still the same I'm so glad I fight with nothing but the truth and God this is marvelous. You know, many times I think in prayer or in fellowship with other believers, we do get kind of provoked uh, at the situation that exists, and we may be led to pray in such a way, in a kind of a fighting way. Uh, usually, I would say our expectation or our hope is that God will just come and directly deal with this terrible situation, but we better be, in a sense, that old adage, be careful what you pray for, you might get it, because when the Lord wants to fight, his principle is always the same. He limits himself to his people, and, and those that are really one with him, doesn't he? That's right, and we can see this very clearly in the case of Jeremiah. Actually, those who were fighting against God included God's own people, yeah, the Jews, that's right. the leaders of the Jews, the prophets, the, the priests. priests. None of them were one with right. God. In fact, they all became God's enemies, God's opponents. Yeah. And God would fight with them, not directly, of course. He would fight against his enemies, which included his own people at that time, and also the nations around them in the way of incarnation. He would fight by sending out an army of one man, <laughs> a one-man army, Jeremiah, wow. who was actually one with God to such an extent that there was no difference or no separation between Jehovah and Jeremiah. When Jeremiah spoke God's word, he was there representing God, fighting by speaking. So God's word is God's way to fight. God fights by speaking. He doesn't come with a physical sword, right. but he does have a sword, and his sword is his word right. that deals with his enemy. God himself becomes a shield like armor to his spokesman or his sent ones. Mm -hmm. So God made Jeremiah a young boy, a fortified city, wow. so that anyone who fought against him would not prevail against him. So this is really quite a picture. God was fighting against his enemies, but he was doing it through Jeremiah. Through Jeremiah's, actually Jeremiah's word was God's fighting. So at the end of this section, Witness Lee said something wonderful. He said, I fight with nothing but the truth <laughs> and God. This That's, is marvelous. It is marvelous. The Lord did not need an, a mighty army of hundreds or thousands, but just one person that was absolutely one with him.
Actually, Bob, even today, the principle's still the same. It's just that this one person God is uh, calling to raise up is a corporate person, isn't That's it? That's right. <laughs> God wants us all to be the same as Jeremiah, the same as Paul. I even dare say the same as Brother Lee, yeah. Witness Lee, a person who's one with God and who will speak for God. Well, that is all of our heritage and all of our portion if we would rise up to answer God's call. The supply and the word will be there. God and the truth will be in our fighting, won't they? That's right. Wow, this was a marvelous message today, Bob. They're all good. I mean, I end up saying that almost every day, and I'm not trying to just repeat something in a casual or trite way. Every day, the light seems to come from this life study in these Old Testament books, New Testament books, just day by day. We are really... uh, blessed, aren't we, to be able to bring forth this ministry? We certainly are, Chris. Well, you're invited back whenever you're able, Bob, and hope you'll join us for a number of these programs. Well, it's a pleasure to me. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to contact us about getting the printed Life Study messages, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Join us again as we continue on this Life Study in the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.